Live from Studio B in Athens, Ohio, you're listening to Sportsbeat on WUB 1340 AM with Dariah Sefna, the one and only Caleb McCleskey, Shane Scalfaro, hosted by me, Alex McCaleb. Today, for this episode, is our first guest uh, on Sportsbeat thus far. We have WUB Sports Director Aiden Crowley with us. Aiden, how you doing? I'm doing great, guys. How are you guys? I'm excited to be on, to be honest with Thanks you. Thanks for being here, man. We're so, we were so hyped. Very excited. First guest, uh, very excited to do that. And as you all know, we love to start the show with discussing Ohio University sports team over the past week. And as a whole, they went 7-1 and one over the past week. That is the best combined record uh, on Sportsbeat this semester as a whole for all of Ohio University sports. And per usual, we're going to start talking about volleyball, and it's all good things for this volleyball team. They went 3-0 and over last Tuesday's and then Friday and Saturday's games and a four-game win streak against three different opponents. They played Kent State on Tuesday, 3-2 win, and then they beat Akron in the doubleheader uh, six sets to one over the weekend. A dominant performance. Darius, how do we rate the performance from Jeff Carlson's team? Uh, definitely you've got to give a 10 out of 10, especially these last two performances against Akron, Alex. Um, out of seven total set, you, you win 3 nothing in your first set, win 3-1. That tells me that they're, it would, the Bobcats dominated from start to finish in pretty much all <laughs> of these sets. And I think um, dom- winning dominant in dominant fashion like this is really going to help the team as we... Uh, conclude the regular season here. You've got two home games against Western Michigan and Illinois. I think the Bobcats should be able to win both of those games. Um, maybe not in as convincing fashion as they did against Akron, but before they head on to the road against Toledo, I think they can definitely improve that record and secure the best possible seed in the MAC. Yeah, right now they are third in the conference behind Ball State and Bowling Green. Uh, and let's talk a little bit about that Kent State game. Uh, Talked about the switch from setter earlier in the season. It was Tree McLean. Now it's more uh, Parker Kwiatkowski. She had 47 assists, which is a crazy number of successful set and kills um, for a setter in a game. And they dominated that fifth set. Actually, if you look, um, they completely manhandled Kent State. And then they carried that momentum from Tuesday to the weekend doubleheader against Akron. Friday's game, 3-0, cruising. Third set, they went 25-13. And then the first set against Akron on Saturday, they also won 25-13. So back-to-back sets against Akron, winning 25-13. And they outscored Akron 175-137 to in those um, seven sets played. We've talked a lot about Caitlin O'Farrell. Uh, she had a phenomenal game, 28 kills in the Akron series. And on that Saturday game, six blocks alone. Any thoughts on her performance, Aiden? I know you've been following this volleyball team, too. Uh, what have you seen from O'Farrell and just the team in general, how they're performing right now? Yeah, um, this team's exciting. Six of their last seven, right? And speaking with Jeff Carlston postgame after that Buffalo weekend series, that was electric. I mean, two games, both going to five sets, back and forth. He says that... That series really tested them and really made them better. And I think it shows in those following weeks because when you have a team that goes in, especially they lose the first one, but they come back and they get in that same situation and they improve and they come out on top, I think that says a lot about the team. And I think Caitlin O'Farrell is one of those team members who really pushes them to be better, a leader on that team. 
And like I said, six of their last seven that weekend series really, I think, woke them up. And now they're starting to push. And you can see, like Alex mentioned, like Darius mentioned, they're making a push towards a tournament. They have bigger goals set. And unfortunately, it seems like the MAC kind of runs through Bowling Green right now, which OU got swept. But it seems like it might be a different OU volleyball team next time they, they collide. You never know. One given day, OU takes on Bowling Green. It could happen in a five-set series. We've we've seen OU compete in some really, really close series, and I think there's no reason to not believe that they can't defeat Bowling Green in a fifth set. Yeah, especially, I mean, with how battle-tested they've been. I mean, earlier in the year, taking Missouri to five sets, I think that also kind of showed a lot about this team. They battle. Um, They're not going to back down to any challenge, so it's going to be exciting come tourney time. Yeah, O'Farrell, the senior from Georgia, she's kind of been the forefront of the offense. She runs through the middle a lot. Uh, very tall, very quick, lanky player. And Ohio's next game is at is Friday at 7 against Western Michigan at home. That'll be a great one. But let's go to soccer again. We've talked here on the show a couple times about the soccer team. Very inconsistent this season. Um not over the past week. They're 2-0 against two different teams. Extremely pleased on the, revolt, on the result. But the performance itself is a great sign of improvement. Um, we talked a couple weeks ago. Caleb's was talking about getting a lot of late yellow cards, kind of losing composure. Didn't have much of those. I believe they just had one in those two games. Um, and against Toledo, we talked about Regenberg. She was our OU Player of the Week a couple weeks ago. Had a hat trick in the game. She had another game with multiple goals, two goals and an assist against Toledo, and then had an assist against Western Michigan in a great weekend for the senior. Darius, it was again Abby Townsend against Western Michigan. These two have been scoring a lot for uh, the Ohio soccer team and Aaron Rodgers' team. Big one coming up against Akron. What are we thinking for this team? I think, well, first and foremost, critical, critical win this past Sunday against Western Michigan. You've got OU and Western Michigan who are really battling out for that final six six spot because the top six it's the top six teams who make the MAC tournament. So this was a huge win to help Ohio um, create a little more space in those standings between them and Western Michigan. For Akron, I'm expecting nonetheless. I'm expecting a dominant performance. Akron right now is. Just one spot ahead of Toledo. They're fourth from last, so it looks like in the standings here, they are in ninth place currently. In the MAC, they're 2-6-2, two, two, just, so just two conference wins, only three wins overall. I think this is a great opportunity for Ohio. This isn't just one of those pushback games where you can you know just rest all your starters and live in La Vida, live in La Vida Loca, as they say. But they have to start... The starters, because for example, if Akron somehow comes here to Athens, wins the game, then what what happens with Western it, Michigan? It, if Western Michigan wins, then yeah. then Ohio is really in some trouble. So Ohio needs to treat Akron like it's business as usual. And I think jet maybe just maybe that Ohio can make the postseason. In fact, I'm going to make a uh, not a bet, but I'm going to say it right here. I think Ohio is going to go to the postseason. This year, I'm very confident. This team, it seems like they have a lot of momentum on their side right now, and I see that continuing as the regular season winds down. Yep, Ohio does control their own destiny. Um, Again, the big players uh, throughout the season have been Townsend and have been Regenberg. They showed up when we needed them most this past weekend. 
Uh, Akron is probably their biggest game of the season right now. Again, you don't want to have your season relying in the hands of another team and another result. So that is a huge one upcoming. And football, I know on the right side of the table, Caleb and Shane have been very, very skeptical, very, very hesitant to label this team as anything above mediocre. But me and Darius were talking. That's true. Me and Darius were talking. We think this is a sign. They're legit. Let's hear your let's hear your response to that. Here's the thing, Alex. Northern Illinois, am I right? Yep. Okay. Right now they're two and six. And one in three in the conference. But didn't they win the MAC last year? We're talking about this year. We're not going back in the history books to rise. Let's not do that right now. A win is a win, a dub is a dub. However, we gotta look at the smaller pictures in the big picture. I think Ohio did have some efficiency during this game. I don't know exactly what happened during the second and third quarter where they let up six and then 11 points in the third. But I'll give them their win. I mean, it was senior day for our seniors here at Ohio University who are on the football team, but a win is a win. However, I don't think that they can have this outcome against Buffalo, especially with that game coming up next week. They got to come out with some offensive firepower and some I'm not saying they need to have five, six interceptions in the game but if we can get some stops that makes the other team either punt or fumble the ball then maybe, just maybe they might be able to pull out against this Buffalo team. Yeah, I mean I would agree. Um, yeah, I mean win is a win but we're looking at a then 2-5 and five Northern Illinois team who's now 2-6 and six. Um, Curtis Rourke not the greatest game we've seen him play. Take out the Penn State and the Iowa State game. I would say it's probably the worst game he's played this season. Take out if you take out those two games against obviously way bigger opponents. Uh, defense, another game with no interceptions, another game with no sacks. What's our biggest knock on this team? Their defense. And I mean, yeah, you held them to 17, but you only scored 24. And again, no interceptions, no sacks. It's a it's a rinse and repeat type thing. I mean, we say the same thing because. They keep it up. So they really, I will say this, I don't think there's a better time for a bye week than right now. I think this is when we really need it. So we'll take a week, let's establish what we're doing, and then you, like Caleb said, you got to come out firing next week. All right, Aiden's eyeing me. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. This this is a strong disagree with me, guys. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Let me just break it down for you like this. Um, obviously, you guys mentioned the defense. I agree with you. It, it was uh, obviously probably their weakest part of the game. And then these past two weeks, they've won off the back of their defense. I, all, I say this all the time, and I, a lot of people say this, that a sign of a good team is that they can win in multiple ways. And I think this OU team has shown that in the sense that, hey, Curtis Rourke, like you mentioned, he might have not had his best game. Uh, I think it was 14 for, 14 for 26 for 200 yards and two touchdowns. If that's your worst game, um, I'll take that. Um, but, you know, the defense stood tall. You, you mentioned 17 points. The difference is earlier in the year, those are six points, not three points. The defense uh, held tall, bend, not break, and it was a big win for them at home against the defending MAC champs, which I might add were tied at the half with Kentucky, 
leading by seven against Vanderbilt, two SEC. Five Five out of their seven seven games, they were either tied or leading at the half. So I think that two and six is a little misleading. Um, I agree with you, though. The defense, the big play has to go away. Uh, Against good teams like Buffalo, you're not going to get a chance like that where you can gap 60 yards and all of a sudden Buffalo's down inside their own territory. That's just not going to happen. But I think this team has showed that they can win defensively, and obviously the offense, I mean, it speaks for themselves. Yeah, I completely agree with you, Aiden. And uh, before I I go on with my part, I just want to shout out to you. Uh, I got to see your package on uh, Senior Day you did with WUB and the Bobcat Sports Showcase. Great, great stuff. That was an awesome video. If you haven't seen it, make sure you check it out on uh, the Bobcat uh, WUB YouTube channel. Aiden, has he's gone to every football game, uh, has done a terrific job with Maria Manessi. They do, um, do a great job bringing students on board, and it's a fantastic experience. Let me go back to... Oh, you here for a second because mm-hmm. I saw they won. I was not in town this weekend, but when I saw they won 24 17, I looked at the stats sheet and I'm going to make the claim here. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. Please do that. <laughs> Please do. Ohio football is back. Ohio football has returned to Athens, Ohio. The Ohio Bobcats are legit. I think they're legit. Yes. Yeah, yes. And Aiden, in past weeks, we've talked about Curtis Rourke's been fantastic. True. But in that same game, the defense has been terrible. And then we, uh, who was it? It was Western Michigan a couple weeks ago where Curtis Rourke didn't have the greatest game, but the defense was fantastic. So it was never a moment of, oh, Curtis Rourke and the defense play together, have a great games together in the same game. You saw that in this Northern Illinois game. Curtis Rourke, did did he throw for 500 yards? No. But as you said, Aiden, 14 for 26, 200 yards, two touchdowns. That's a pretty solid. I'll take that out of my quarterback. And then the defense only concedes 17 points. Now, defensively, is this the best defensive team in the MAC? Absolutely not. The defense is average. But I think Curtis Rourke has made that big of a jump. I think Sam Wiglitz, the wide receiver, is that dude. I think C.A. Bangura is making a case to be one of the best running backs in the MAC right now. This Who'd you offense, C.A. Bangura. Uh huh. See, so um, I don't he know. Had ran sixty-two yards in that game. So, he sixty-four. Left. He didn't have a great. He left at halftime yeah. with an injury. Okay. 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 I was to make sure. I was. Four touchdowns on Senior Day. I was at that game. Okay. The Bobcats again, defensively, lots of stuff to clean up, especially heading into a, a game against the top seed in the MAC right now in Buffalo. But you can't tell me that Buffalo is just going to run them out of the building. I think this team has earned too many good wins for us to just merely dismiss them as getting blown out to Buffalo. Could Buffalo win that game? Absolutely. And can the Bobcats get their first home loss? Absolutely. It's very possible. But I'm not going to sit up here and say, oh, it's Buffalo's winning Tuesday. This team is back. Ohio football is back. And you heard it here from Darius Sethna on Sportsbeat. That was a point I wanted to make real quick. This is how we're going to know. This team right now is undefeated at home. Buffalo's walking in. We're starting the Tuesday night games. This is how we're going to know. And I will say it right here. If OU wins this game, I will walk in here. First thing I say on the segment, OU football is back. I'll I'm, say it. I love it. I'm just going to also throw it out there. We're talking about Rourke's performance. I mean, 17-17, games tied, late. You need a touchdown. Rourke, 
dices up Northern Illinois right down the field. And what does he do? A 25, 30-yard touchdown, Sam Weglis. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. It mattered most, and he didn't blink. So. I'm just saying. We got jinxed. <laughs> Darius. Start knocking on wood. Canadian cannon, Curtis Rourke. Maple missile. Maple People missile, missile. Curtis Rourke. <laughs> Let's take it a uh, step up into other college football games from the past weekend. Not as big of games and big of scenarios as the previous weekend, but still a very interesting weekend. Um, one of the big ones is Clemson. Kind of everybody's been a little bit rocky with them, don't know where they're standing. They held on against Syracuse to remain in first place of the ACC. And then the big one, I've been saying it for a couple weeks, and I, I'll take some slack for it. UCLA did lose a by two scores to Oregon to got take control of the Pac-12. Live TV. <laughs> they got they got waxed. Um, one thing I want to say here: the Pac-12 is back. They have the number eight, ten, twelve, and fourteen teams in the country, which is crazy. Um, but there's not a ton of movement after this past weekend. Caleb, you were saying before the show. This one was going to get a little heated here. What are your thoughts from college football over the past weekend or just your thoughts on where we are in the season? Um, shout out to Oklahoma State. They're back in the top ten. Happy about that. Um, here's the thing, and it wasn't really the rankings. I would say it's going to get heated. I would say it's probably the matchups. And I'm pretty sure the first one that comes to everybody's mind right now is Ohio State versus Penn State. Penn State is 13 with Ohio State sitting at two. And me and Shane over here had the idea that unless you're going to like, I am knocking on wood, I pray this doesn't happen, is that there's a bunch of SEC bias with these rankings. And I think if Ohio State possibly, possibly loses this game, they might be knocked out of the top ten. I'll agree with that statement. Honestly. Not out of the top ten. Out of the top five. But that's mm-hmm. pretty much I'm actually overall satisfied with the rankings. I'm I'm actually a little happy that Cincinnati is starting to get more respect that it's getting right now. And at UFC is eh, I'll take my picks, but I just want to say one thing real quick. Um I just want to guys get your thoughts on this. I'm gonna give you a couple scenarios. Um, and then what do you guys think about the cultural playoff, hypothetically? So let's say um, Oregon wins the Pac-12 with one loss and Ohio State beats Michigan. Are they going to get in over a one-loss Alabama? What do you guys think? No. SEC bias. Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. I think I'm... I can't not go against the SEC, SEC bias. I mean, come on. We, I mean, Caleb said a little bit, a little bit about it with Ohio State-Georgia. I, I mean, you really think they're going to put a one-loss Oregon, even though they win the Pac-12, over a one-loss Bama? They're probably going to do everything they can to put Bama in the top. Views and money well, are important. Yeah. A one-loss Bama team would be SEC champions. SEC champs, well, that was the thing, because they'd That's most true. likely beat Georgia. <laughs> right. Which, so that was, which is a big win, I guess. It is. Which means Georgia then has a loss, which means Ohio State will actually be the number one seed for once. Okay. You're can I say one thing real quick? <laughs> if... Ohio State beats Penn State. Can we please just finally put them at one? Can we just do it? 
Georgia's like, versus Florida. They're playing week. Florida. Like, can we stop kidding ourselves? Ohio State is the number one team in the nation. They've looked a million times better than Georgia. Like, let's stop kidding ourselves. We'll Georgia it, could be three we'll by the it, end of next week. We'll give it two weeks because in two weeks they play Tennessee. So that'll, Tennessee that'll plays against Georgia. Well, no, I'm saying Kentucky's a rake in two weeks. Tennessee plays Georgia. Well, yeah, that Georgia. too. But yeah. I'm saying like I'm, Tennessee versus Kentucky. So could Georgia possibly move down two spots? I mean, come on, they're beating Florida. Who has Georgia beaten of notable notice? Not well, and Oregon no, week one, but that was week one. Is, yeah, it's week I mean, one. And I mean, <laughs> like, look at Notre Dame. That, like, yeah, Ohio State beat number five ranked Notre Dame, and we're gonna sit here and say that Georgia's better than Ohio State. Let's now, say they beat Penn State. What do you guys think about a TCU team that goes undefeated? Are they getting in? I don't no. know. No. Unfortunately. It would have Clemson is undefeated, Ohio State's undefeated, and Georgia's undefeated. I mean they play they play West Virginia this week, so I don't I mean, know. I think they win that I, I think they win that game against West Virginia. I mean, then. seeing as though they're undefeated and still under a number six Bama, then I would say no. I mean, think about it. Unless anything drastic happens, Ohio State's sitting in the top three, Georgia's probably sitting there. If Tennessee and Michigan were to both lose and Clemson goes undefeated. Clemson's sitting at three. I, Which probably it, pushes Bama back up to four. probably pushes Bama to four unless they're going crazy and thinking Tennessee or Michigan deserves four. Okay. What, are you, what about you, Aiden? So in this hypothetical, I don't know if TC, TCU gets out of that um, personally, but if they do and Alabama takes care of business like I think, think we think here i'm not really sure we'll find out more in two weeks when georgia plays tennessee that will tell us a lot but uh, that's a one loss georgia team and then those are kind of the two teams right you weigh between georgia and tcu um personally i would probably give the nod to georgia um just because i think the eye test i know nobody really likes it too much but the eye test they are the best if not the second best team in the country i would argue probably the second best but you have to talent wise they're up there um which is unfortunate for tcu but i just think with the way that the playoff is structured how we've seen in years past georgia gets the nod uh which tcu does nothing wrong in that situation it's just the way we've seen it go yeah right so that's interesting too because then you're saying tennessee's losing to georgia and not even going to get to the sec championship because um, Tennessee and Georgia are in the SEC East and not in Alabama's um, division of the SEC. So those are just some scenarios I wanted to pick your guys' ears on because, I don't know, I'm a big fan of playing, seeing how it's going to play out, hypotheticals and situations like that. But let's take it up to the pros in the NFL. I'm just going to start off really quick here with one question. Is it time for two of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady, to hang him up and retire. What do you guys think? Yes. <laughs> Hard yes. Tom Brady is washed. Um, Elaborate. So Tom, for anyone that doesn't know, uh, is 3-4. and four. First time he has been under five hundred since 2002. Um, I mean, there's just not a whole lot going for the Bucks right now. I, I don't think he should have come out of retirement to begin with. He should have stayed retired because he's just not moving the same and not thrown the same way he has been. And it's been it's been an offseason of chaos for both of these quarterbacks. We went through Aaron Rodgers and his psychedelic drugs. We went through Tom Brady and his marriage problems and him retiring and unretiring, then missing a week. To be fair, that wasn't fair, though, for, for Tom Brady's personal issues to be addressed. 
as you're a result not, of that. No, no, like, you're not, and I'm not, no. I'm not like arguing that, but I'm just, I think that yeah. it's important to point out. No, I absolutely agree. But like, and even if it wouldn't have come out, I think it's still something that'd be affecting him. So it just hasn't been a good time for either of these quarterbacks. Tom's wide receivers can't stay healthy. Aaron doesn't have anyone because they won't get him a wide receiver to save his life. So, I mean, I, I at the end of this season, I think you're at least going to see Tom retire. Aaron, I feel like he's still got a stick in the mud thinking, I got to go prove something. But I definitely think Tom is done after this year. What are you guys' thoughts on that one? I think just when I'm when we're talking about this right now, I still have faith that both these quarterbacks can. I think they're both, especially Tom Brady. I think they're both successful enough that they can still write the ship. Tom Brady has seven rings for a reason. Now we can question his leadership style. You know, chewing out his offensive linemen. You know, even when he's not playing well. Yeah, that's a problem. And I think really the the Buccaneers are going to be very heavily tested this Thursday. They've got a short week. They're playing the Ravens, who. Um, are coming off a pretty dramatic win. We're going to talk about that later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, okay, thank you. But you know th- that's that's going to be a big test. We're going to see it's going to be Lamar against Brady, um, young up and coming quarterback looking to make a name for himself. And then they've got the Rams um, on November sixth in Tampa Bay. So I think if the time to to, to respond for the Bucks is it, it's right now. Essentially, these next two games I think are going to determine their season as as for the Green Bay Packers I was hearing last week rumors about Chase Claypool possibly joining the team I think I really just think Aaron Rodgers needs one specified target it's been Devontae Adams for it was Devontae Adams for a while and I just think Aaron Rodgers doesn't know like who who is that number one guy he can't figure out who that number one guy is I think it's because these receivers are young it's not that they're not good I just think that he he, Aaron Rodgers, he knows who he's got, right? I think when he clicks with someone, it match. It's a match made in heaven. I just don't think he he knows who that player is that he can click with. Right? Are you now. saying he has trust issues? Yes. <laughs> I mean, I mean he's 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 um, obviously been in this league for a very long time, and off the top of my head, there's really only kind of three guys he's clicked with. Um, Devontae Adams, Randall Cobb, and then Jordy Nelson are really kind of the only three guys. He has said that he is like, that's his go-to guy. He's obviously, we all know, very interesting personality, very picky on who he wants to throw to. Um, I've seen film where it's like some guy drops a pass in the first quarter, doesn't even target him even though he's wide open. That's just kind of who he is. And also, I like what you said. There's one thing history has taught us. It's not to write off Tom Brady. Yeah, I just think like one Brady. bad season. I mean, look at LeBron. Like, LeBron had a terrible season last year. Not statistically by himself, but just the Lakers went 33-49. and 49. Are we we're going to just say, oh, LeBron, he's, he's not that guy anymore? Like, no. That's it's fair. the same thing. That's a fair point. Mm-hmm. And let's go to the second one here. I have a friend this week for a <laughs> Cincinnati Bengals Who fan. Day? Who day? Let's hear from you guys. Are the Bengals back? Darius, you're going last. Wait, 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 wait. Yes, he is going last. I agree with that. But Mr. Bengals fan over here who wasn't shoveling coal with me and Shane two weeks ago saying the Bengals weren't the Bengals. Am I correct, Shane? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So, Alex, I want to hear from you first, actually. Yeah. Are the Bengals back? Yes, 1,000%. We're, we're back. I'm I think we're back. Darius does not agree at all. Aiden, what, what do you think? Hey, 
the Bengals have their swagger back, man. Yeah. That first half. There it is. Hey, that first half against the Falcons. I mean, Joe Burrow, what, finished the first half 345 yards and three touchdowns Don't in the bad. first half? Now, granted, granted, Darius, I see you reacting over there. It's the Falcons, but let me. Let me just. Didn't the Browns lose back. to the Falcons too? Yeah, let's circle back. <laughs> let's circle back to Week Four, okay? But I've mentioned this to a lot of my friends that Baltimore loss it hurt, and I told a lot of people the next four weeks are going to tell a lot about this football team. If they don't go three and one, or they don't go four and zero in those next four weeks, watch out because I'm ready to hit the panic button. They're taking care of business. You can only beat the team in front of you. They're 2-0. I, they got their swagger back. I've said it since before that. i said it since the second half of the Dallas game. I'm like, that spark is there. Hey. Bro, Chase, they've got their connection back. We've seen that's how this league works. If you don't have your guy, then you're getting a little screwed. It, I think it's the same thing with Rodgers and Brady. They don't have their guys. And Joe Burrow was struggling because he couldn't connect with his guy. He's got his guy back. It is time to dance in Cincinnati. Four touchdowns in the last two two weeks to rest. And uh, on the other side of the ball, uh, our defense hasn't given up a touchdown in the second half all year. Darius. That's an insane Go ahead. Stat. Go ahead. Put your tap dance shoes is it, on, is Darius. It, is it my turn? Is it's it officially turn. my Heck turn? Heck yeah, it is. Okay. Go ahead, Darius. Skip Bayless right here. <laughs> <laughs> Who did the Bengals play on Sunday? This is what really frustrates me. Who did the Bengals play? Who did the Bengals play? The Falcons. The Atlanta Falcons. That did anyone lost do, would, I'm done. We're every time I make a Bengals <laughs> argument, you always bring in the Browns. We're not doing that this time. <laughs> the Atlanta did anyone at this table, even you Aiden before the NFL season started, do you think the Atlanta Falcons were going anywhere? Maybe. No, but no. they're three and four currently no. with yeah. wins over Seattle and balling. Should have a win over the Bucks too. Please, no one believe this Falcons team was going anywhere. Now, yes, Marcus Mariota has looked very solid. I'll give him credit for that. Guys, the Cincinnati Bengals were supposed to win this game just like they were supposed to win the Cowboys game against a backup quarterback. Guys, we can't say that, oh, this team has their swagger back. It's week seven. It's week seven. You can't uh-huh. get your, you can't be a Super Bowl team and have your swagger in week seven. Seven. We're all a third of the way through this, more than a third of the way through the season. You just made the Super Bowl. You know when you should have your swagger in week one because you made the Super Bowl last year. <laughs> you beat the Falcons. This is what you, you guys were hyped after losing to the Cowboys and beating the Atlanta Falcons. Like, come on. It's not really? it's not beating Atlanta. It's the way that the Bengals beat Atlanta. That's that's the, way, the so difference. the way they should have beaten Atlanta because the yes. Bengals are uh, clearly the better football. Team. Yes, yeah. they dismantled right. the Falcons because the Bengals four, five weeks ago let Atlanta hang around, right? I think that's the key difference. It was pedal to the metal from the jump. Joe Burrow looked like himself. Jamar Chase looked like himself. That defense is still doing their thing, one of the most underrated defensive units in the NFL. It's the way that they're taking care of business. It reminded me of last year. We're back. 100%. We're back. And here's what I want to say about your whole swagger thing. Listen, arguably the only team that should have swagger in week one is the reigning Super Bowl champions, Los Angeles Rams. They should theoretically be the only ones that have swagger because they went and won a Super Bowl. Great point. It's week seven. This is where swagger matters. This sets you up the rest of the season. Are you trying to tell me that my Philadelphia Eagles, 6-0, and should not have swagger? They're oh, undefeated. You have, the, you have the best record in the NFL. Absolutely, you have swagger. Yeah, but I mean, the Bengals coming off a dominating loss or a dominating but the Bengals win to proved, the Falcons. The Bengals proved their dominant, their quote unquote dominance last season. 
Okay, if so, so Shane, let's take your week one point. Okay, fine. You you lost in the Super Bowl. Swagger week two. Who did the Bengals play week two, and what happened? Again, Cow- Cowboys lost by three. Yep. Against yeah, wait, who was the quarter? The who, wait, now? Alex, who was the starting quarterback in that game? It was uh, Cooper Rush. Do you know no, how good? Do you know Cooper Rush? Do you know how good the Dallas defense is? Do you know how good they are? What's Cooper Rush's record? I thought, Joe, record I thought Joe, Joe Burrow was supposed to tear up that Dallas defense, though. Still a good defense, though. It's Joe Burrow, man. Still a good defense. Cooper Rush is four and one in the NFL. Don't doubt them, four Cowboys. Who's that, who's that one lost? Alex, to? don't even start with me. Who, okay, come on. <laughs> All right. All right. We got a segment here. Uh, never done this one before. It's called Write Off or Wishful Optimism. I'm going to say a couple teams here in their next three games, and then I'll go around the table here. You guys tell me if it's time to write off the season or if these teams still have a chance for uh, wishful optimism on their season. Um, We'll start out, Darius, with your Cleveland Browns. They have the Bengals, big one, Battle of Ohio on Monday Night Football. Then the Dolphins, who are 4-0 with Tua Tagovailoa as their quarterback, and then arguably the best team in the NFL, the Bills, as their next three games, and are on a four-game losing streak. Darius, what do we got here? Please be logical. Okay. Well, first off, we're going to do this on Sports Speed. I'm going to make a personal bet here. So Browns Bengals play on Monday Night Football uh, on Halloween, 8.15 p.m. in Cleveland. If the Cincinnati Bengals win that game, I will be wearing a Joe Burrow jersey for the entirety of our next Sports Beat show, and you can take a picture of me wearing it, and we can post it on our... Um, on like our profile pic for SoundCloud. I'll just put you on my Instagram. Perfect. Perfect. We'll tweet it out when we tweet out the show. Perfect. But if the Browns win, I will be in my Browns gear, hyping up the Browns win. How does that sound? That sounds. You could do your win, little win, dance win. in the little it. area we got over here too, if you want to do that. All I right. will. I will dance. Okay. Well, but going on, going on to your thing, Alex. Is it time to write off the Browns? This Bengals game. That th- this is it. The Browns lose this game. The season is 1,000% over. The The Ravens game was heartbreaking in a way. We saw the Browns have a great start. Nick Chubb runs in for the touchdown, 7-0. You couldn't have asked for a better start, a more efficient start for the Browns. Um, but just the defense is just not picked. They, they can't pick it up for an entirety of a game. They're playing the Dolphins. I think they've got some momentum behind them, especially with Tua coming back. And then the Buffalo Bills to the best team in football. It all comes down to Monday Night Football on the national stage. Can the Browns keep their season alive? If they lose on Monday Night Football, then I will be wearing a Joe Burrow jersey. And if they uh, lose, then uh, yeah, write the it off. Over. Yeah, they lose against the Bengals. The season's over. All right. What about you, gentlemen, over here? Aiden, you got it. Oh me. All right. Uh, for me, it's it's got to be a write off, right? Especially in this division with the Bengals, with the Ravens. I think head and shoulders above the other two teams. Uh, you got the AFC West. You know two teams are probably going to come out of there. I just don't see a scenario where the Browns make it. And, Darius, I just have one question before we move on to Caleb. Where has Denzel Ward been, man? I know. MIA. This, this, second, this secondary this is very Mordonia concerning. This defense, been, this defense has been shocking, very which I concerning. thought would be the, the, the bright Especially spot Especially the team. secondary yeah. as well. Yeah, so it's a write-off for me. All right. The Pittsburgh Steelers, they have... Shane's Philadelphia Eagles next, the New Orleans Saints, and then the Cincinnati Bengals, and right now have the worst point differential in the entire league. Shane, what's your take here? I've never been happier in my life to say I'm writing this team off. I mean, listen, Steelers fans everywhere, I think, believed Kenny Pickett was the the savior 
the heir to Ben Roethlisberger. He has not played well at all. Granted, he's a rookie. Give him some time to develop, but he has not played good. Um, their run game has not been good. They are hurting without TJ Watt. This team does... I saw a stat, and the amount of sacks they get with and without TJ Watt is abysmal. Like, they don't get sacked when TJ Watt is not on the field. You're going to go and play Philly. I I don't think they're going to stop that offense, and that defense is insanely good. Um, Saints, defense, Saints, they're competitive, uh, especially if they get James Winston back, they get Michael Thomas and Jarvis Landry back. That's an L. Um, Bengals, I think in three weeks, Bengals are going to be even more rolling than they already are. I mean, I, it's time to write off these Pittsburgh Steelers. All right. We'll go to the Denver Broncos. Uh, shout out our former sports team member, Tanner Watts. Jacksonville Jaguars, Tennessee Titans, and Las Vegas Raiders. This is a crazy stat. Only 100 total points scored through seven weeks of an NFL season. Absolutely insane. Caleb, what about the Broncos here? I'm looking at three straight L's, Alex. Three. All right. Sorry, Tanner. I love you, buddy, but hey. Looks like we're riding <laughs> off the your Broncos. Team, your team is like going in the dirt, buddy. <laughs> Can I just throw out two players uh, for you real quick? Austin Eckler and Nick Chubb, they both have more touchdowns than the entire Broncos team this year. <laughs> That's <laughs> incredible. Um, it, it's a ride I love off that. Wow. I love that. I think that one's a consensus here. And then we talked a little bit about it. Uh, the Green Bay Packers, they've got big one, Bills, and then Lions, and then Cowboys. They've got three losses in a row, both New York teams, and then also the Washington Commanders. Panic button here, gentlemen? What do we think? Darius, we'll give this one to you here. I think the Packers are going to lose to the Bills because, if I'm not mistaken, that game is in Orchard Park. So I think just with um, the home crowd, I think the Packers lose that one. But I think the Packers take care of business against the Lions and the Cowboys. I think they bounce back starting um, against Detroit. I just think it's it's one last hurrah for Aaron Rodgers um, in this for this particular season. All right, so what do we got here? So I'm not writing. Oh, sorry. So I'm not writing them off just right. yet. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> You're good. Yeah. Some optimism. <laughs> optimism. <laughs> he's, he's got some optimism. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, again, spoke on this one a little bit. Baltimore Ravens, Los Angeles Rams, and the Seattle Seahawks. They've lost four out of their last five. Questionable win against the Falcons there. Aiden, we'll go to you here. Oh, uh, I'm never in my life going to bet against the man that is Tom Brady. I think him alone gives you optimism. I don't think this receiving core plays below expectations like they have been. I I just think they have too much talent on that roster, and it's a very winnable division. The NFC South is wide open. I think that gives you some optimism as well. I agree with you here. And then we'll go to Shane here. The Los Angeles Rams have a division rival 49ers and then the Bucks, and then the other division rival... Uh, Arizona Cardinals. And the thing with them, they have not scored over 10 points in any of their losses. So their losses have been pretty bad, pretty slow offensively. What do we think about the Rams? This may surprise you. I'm going to give them a a little wishful optimism, and here's why. 49ers, that's going to be a test. They just got Christian McCaffrey, very good back. What do they do? They run the football better than almost anyone else. Um, Then they have the Bucs. I think with the way the Bucs are right now, that is a winnable game. And the Cardinals, it's going to be interesting giving them some time with uh, D-Hop back. And here's why I'm going to give them a little wishful optimism. There's a trade deadline on November 1st where they can make a train, where they can make a trade, and 
they are definitely still in the running to get Odell. And if they were to pull Odell from any other team, that changes this team. We saw how they were after they signed him ahead of the postseason. Arguably, if he doesn't get hurt, he is going to be the Super Bowl MVP. I mean, they looked great with him on the field. If they can get him, I think it turns that it turns the mood of that entire organization around, and then they have a chance to kind of pick themselves off the dirt and go after an NFC West that arguably is also wide open. I like that one. Uh, surprisingly, yeah, NFC West wide open. Right now the Seattle Seahawks and Geno Smith are sitting at first right there. And finally, we said it last week, NBA is back, but this week we have actual games and performances to talk about. Last year, uh, we always started with the Cleveland Cavaliers, and we're going to do that this semester as well. Had an extremely promising start despite losing game one to the Raptors. Darius, just right off the bat, we all know huge Cavs fan, joke is biggest Cavs fan in WUB. That's not a joke. That not, is not fact. a joke. That's, that is, that is fact. facts. That is facts. That is facts. My bad. No, you're good. Go ahead. What are your thoughts just initially on the performances and then how the team is shaping up? So I first and foremost, very excited to see what this season holds. I think Donovan Mitchell in his first three games has made a case or very early. I know it's very, very early in the season. Um, big MVP. Uh, case right now that Donovan Mitchell is making, especially in the overtime win this past Sunday against the Wizards. He took that game over in overtime. It was a special performance. Here's one thing that I'm a little bit concerned with the Cavs moving forward. Um, Darius Garland hopefully will be, be coming back later this week after suffering an eye injury in game one. I was a little concerned when J.B. Bickerstaff n- announced that Karis LeVert would be starting over Isaac Okoro, and here's why. Isaac Okoro, what he's known for primarily is defense. And because of that, I think inserting a defender in your starting lineup gives you a chance gives not only a chance for your best your that defender to guard the opposing team's best player, but it also gives you a chance to bring a guy like Karis Levert off the bench to score. So for example, I thought Karis Levert would be um almost like a Lou Williams, have a, a Lou Williams type role, where you have a guy who can get you 15, po- 15, 20 points off the bench consistently every night. And I was a little bit concerned when I saw that J.B. Bakerstaff was going to make that decision. Not that Karis LeVert doesn't deserve the starting spot, because I think either of those two guys deserve the starting spot. I just think schematically for what the team needs, because Darius Garland's not really a defender, and um, Evan Mobley and Jared Allen have to do the dirty work inside. So I think if you have a perimeter defender in Isaac Okoro who can guard, you know, a Steph Curry or even a bigger guy like a Paul George, something like that, that's super helpful in your starting lineup. So, but I think more positives for sure than negatives for the Cavs right now. And hopefully with Darius Garland coming back, it should just make the team that much better. Cavs uh, two and one. Uh, they play tomorrow night. What are your thoughts just on the team, and then specifically on Donovan Mitchell, and then. Also, a loaded question here, Evan Mobley hasn't been the brightest star for the Cavs. He has had a kind of rocky start. What are your just initial thoughts on the Cleveland Cavaliers opening couple games? Man, they're fun, aren't they? They're really fun to watch. I think, um, obviously, like Darius mentioned, uh, Donovan Mitchell has been playing out of his mind to start the season. That's kind of what you wanted if you're a Cavs fan when him just coming in seamlessly off your point of going Levert over a Coral, I would agree to you, but also the landscape of the league, it's just a scores league now. And obviously you want that defender on the floor, but 
Isaac Okoro is kind of like a black hole on that offense. He does not do much for you. You pass him the ball, it's not coming back. You know what I mean? I just I he's like got to consistently knock down shots. Yeah, that's my that's opinion. that's the thing. If he can get to a point where he's at least a threat, maybe a corner three. I think that's what the Cavs are missing. I, They're I, missing a three and D guy. I think he can just be like Jay Tucker. a little, or I was gonna say a little less Jay Crowder, just a little bit less. I mean, wait, isn't he still in the market? Well, like what I'm saying is like when Jay Crowder was you know at his peak, yeah. he was like three and D. That's his thing. Jay Crowder, yeah. So they have the second-highest point differential in the league right now uh, in the positives. Great start to the Cavs. And then a lot of other headlines in the NBA. Big one, in my opinion, right off the bat, is there's two undefeated teams right now. Uh, One has four wins and one has two wins. The four-win team is the Portland Trailblazers, who are 4-0. No one expected that. Dame Dalla. You want to talk about MVP? Dame Dalla. I, he is that man. He is the truth. After well, he missed a ton of time last season, Portland is four and zero. Gentlemen, a lot of other stuff going on. Sixers kind of shaky. Nets kind of shaky. Obviously, Lakers. What are you guys' other thoughts on you know what's going on around the league? Surprisingly, right off the bat, Caleb, I know you got some on your mind. Okay, this <laughs> is very very hard for me to say. Um, if the Lakers don't either get some shooters or get rid of Russ, this team will not make the play-in tournament again. Oh, I don't even think that's a hot take. It's not, not I don't think that's the way they've been playing, yeah. Don't get me wrong. I think LeBron and AD have been doing all right for the first three games. I think, however, that they just need to... No, it's not even them. Darwin Ham needs to make some critical coaching decisions in the last quarter of the game. Meaning that if I was Darvin Ham, I'm sending Russ the whole fourth quarter. I don't care. I don't care if you got to throw Gatorade on me or go pout in the locker room. I've been sitting your butt down the last quarter because after that Portland game and those, la- like I saw like the last two minutes of the, the game. The shot selection that was awful. But yeah. I'm- I- I don't care if it's LeBron, Russ, AD. It's it's bad, but AD, I'll pass it off to yeah, you. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, Caleb, if you were on Twitter at all, but there was a clip that was kind of going around. Uh, Russell Westbrook threw up that shot, I think, <laughs> what, with like 30 seconds left? And, you just, one. See, and uh, you just see LeBron and AD at midcourt, and they're, they're losing their minds. I mean, it's just they're obviously very frustrated, and they're not even trying to hide it's it just, at this point. I mean, that what you're talking about right there, it's just basketball IQ. Yes. You're doing that in middle school, and— AAA, whatever. AAU. That's just AAU, yeah. You're yeah. doing that in AAU. If you're up by one, why are you... Run the clock. Run the <laughs> clock. Exactly. And I'll go off your point here, Caleb. I don't even think it's coaching. I just think it's players. I, I think the team, how it's built, and the players they have, genuinely, you need new players. However, Undisputed did give me a little bit of a spark today. There are now trade rumors between the Lakers and Utah that, that we might trade Russ for Jordan Clarkson and a few other players. This this is the thing that just baffled me with the Lakers a couple years ago. I mean, the the entire landscape of the league is shifting to shooters, athletic guys who can play a little bit of defense, but you got to be able to space the floor. Mm-hmm. That is just the bare minimum of a good team in the NBA. And what do the Lakers do? They go older and they go with less shooting, and it's just it's shot them in the foot. And now they're in a situation where they have LeBron, AD, and Russ, three ball-dominant people on the court at the same time, and there's no lane for any of them to, to work with. 
And to build off that, last season, kind of their their higher caliber shooting players were Carmelo Anthony and Malik Monk, and they just let him go. I think Malik Monk didn't even sign for that much money. He went for to this, the yeah, he went to the Kings. For the Kings. Malik Monk was like a top. He was a top three player on the Lakers. He all was. Year he last was. Year. Yeah. And Melo was very reliant in the mid range game, and they just let him go. You know who they kind of remind me of? Who? They remind me of that dream team Eagles team. The team that's got a bunch of free agents, and they're like, this is the dream team, and they were absolutely terrible. Mm-hmm. That is what the Lakers remind me of right now. Hey, if I'm giving us literally till I think it's Friday when we're September was, if we don't if we don't win that game, this this season is probably over, like beyond oh, over. Who could have ever predicted season. a down year from the Lakers? Check out last episode. (laughs) All right. Deal or no deal. One person comes up with a bunch of statements that either make sense. Deal or an overreaction. No deal. Got a couple for you guys. Start with here. Ohio football beats Buffalo in a stunner to take control of the MAC. We'll get each of your opinions on this one. Go left or right here. Darius, start with you. Deal. Ohio's going to win this game against the Buffalo Bulls. I just feel that they're real. The offense and the defense are finally starting to click together. I think Curtis Rourke is going to come out shining strong. C.A. Bangura, um, hopefully um, he's back ready to go. But this connection, Curtis Rourke to Sam Wiggles, has been nothing but spectacular all season long. So I think they it's going to be a close one, but the Bobcats pull it out on a Tuesday night. Yeah, I got a conditional deal. If this game is in the 60s, it's a it's a deal for me. I think, I think the defense does just enough to get the job done and— Curtis Rourke, he looks poised right now. I, I got the Bobcats. Toss it over to the haters here. I'm uncertain, to be honest. I kind of agree with that. I'm going to give them a deal because I like OU at home, and I like, I'm like i a fan of teams off a of bye week, and I think it couldn't come at a better time, so I'm going to give them a deal. Alex, do, are these two guys, are there both their names Nancy? Because I feel we've got two <laughs> negative Nancys out I here. I just gave them a deal. <laughs> I said I'm uncertain. I just said they're going to win. Why are you hating? Why Why are you hating right now? I'm not hating. You are. you got to take a stand, all, You've been hating all season. Oh, deal deal is not over yet. I all cannot right. wait. All right, Darius. <laughs> yeah, how about this one? Kevin Stefanski will not be the Browns head coach by the end of this season. Man, if you asked me that question two years ago, it would have been a definite, definite no deal. And I'm, you know what? I'm still going to go no deal. I think this is just one bad season. I think Joe Woods needs to figure out what's going on on defense, or this is going to be his last season. Um, I hope he figure, figure it out because they need to figure this out soon. They play the Bengals, and they lose at home to the Bengals, like I said earlier. Season's over. But I don't think it will be enough for it to cost Kevin Stefanski's job, especially in the wake of everything that happened over this offseason. I don't think you can put all of this on him. So that's why I'm going to say no deal. Yeah, uh, I'm going to go no deal for kind of a different reason. Uh, the organization we're talking about, the fact that Joe Wood still has a job at this point in the season, I think Kevin Stefanski's safe. Um, I, I think this is an organization that has proven that they're just going to ride it out for whatever reason. Um, when they have a team that's ready to win now, um, I don't think it's the correct decision, but I think it's the decision the Browns are going to go with. All right, Caleb? I'm going to say no deal, but Darius, you didn't say that statement correctly. You mean multiple bad seasons. What do you mean? Disappointing seasons. Yeah, the ones, the first, first season he took them in the playoffs. Uh, he had the two, second year, two Baker Mayfield was her, it gets injured. hurt. 
yeah. then and then like this year, there's no really there's no true stability at the quarterback position. So I don't think it's. To- I mean, yes, he's had his bad moments, but it can't totally be on him. Shane, no, um, I agree. I'm gonna go no deal. Um, let's be honest, no team has had a noisier offseason than the Browns. Um, noise in the offseason, if it's not good, it usually doesn't end well. Nobody's been noisier than them. They're trying to make it work with a backup quarterback. It's not working, but I don't think you can put that on Kevin. I mean, he's doing the best he can with what he has, so I'm going to say no deal. All right. The Los Angeles Lakers do not even break 30 wins on the NBA season. Darius. When I think about this, this statement, Alex, I just look at the Lakers' division. It's Clippers, Warriors, Kings, Suns. That's the Pacific division, right? So they've got... Four games against the Warriors. They're losing all of those games. They will probably lose all of their matchups to the Clippers. And then they'll probably split with the Kings. Don't look at me like, you know the Clippers are the better team. Come on. Do we really need, do, we need, do we even need to go? Did you see the game do I even on say Thursday Jason night? Preston? The Clippers are the better team. Um, so I'm going to say deal on this one, Alex. This is the Lakers... They honestly just look worse than last year. I don't shambles. know what it is. Yeah. Absolute shambles, Aiden. What about you? Man, um, 30 wins for a LeBron team? Like, wow. I can't even believe we're in the position of saying this. I am going to go yeah, like, no. Where did this, where did this come I'm from? Gonna go, I'm going to go. <laughs> I think, I personally, when writing these, I think it's gotten that bad. Watching this team play the game of NBA basketball and how old. Sorry, go ahead. No, you're good. I, I'm going no deal. But it is a shaky no deal. I think they are hovering around thirty one. <laughs> I think they're around that like thirty five to forty win. Team. They won thirty three last year. <laughs> They'll find a way to tie. I think they're hovering. <laughs> and that was when LeBron was like in, an MVP candidate. As well. All right, Caleb, what about you? No deal. Disrespect around here is real. <laughs> However, ESPN just shined a little bit of light on my day, saying Russ is doubtful for Wednesday's game against the Nuggets. <laughs> Lakers by four. <laughs> All right, Shane. Uh, I'm going to say deal. I mean, this Lakers team is not good. They're struggling. They're not the greatest. Um, I think it'll definitely be interesting to see if they win that game without Russ. Um, I think that'll be a telltale sign You're of where they stand. You're better off with without that, man. Oh, I agree. All right. Uh, one of the last ones here. This one's the interesting one I was thinking about. The Phoenix Suns have to settle for a play-in spot when it comes time for the NBA playoffs. Darius. Man, I know when last week when I said the Suns were going to be one of those teams that take a decline this year, but I'm going to have to say no deal on this one. I think the Suns, that, that backcourt of Chris Paul and Devin Booker, is a proven combination for winning. Now, is it going to get you the one or two seed like it has these, it's done for you these last couple of years? Probably not. The West is too stacked now. Um, when I'm looking at these standings and I'm seeing Portland at the one seed right now, Honestly, anything can happen in this conference. But I do think the Suns are good enough to be a 4-5 seed. Right now, they're the fifth seed at 2-1. and one. It is very early in the season, though. Um, so I, I still see them making the playoffs. It's very possible that they don't have home court in the first round of the playoffs. But I still think this is, a, this is a still a solid basketball team, and they have one of the best coaches in basketball in Monty Williams. So I think, I think they'll be fine. All right. Aiden, what about you? Uh, yeah, I'm just going to probably echo what Darius says. Um, I'm going no deal as well um, on that. And it's just, 
I don't think I agree. I think they're going to take a step back, but I think that first game of the season proved a lot for this team with that win over the Mavericks. I mean, coming out and getting that win, Damian Lee. I I, I don't think they take a step back. Can you not? Can you what? not? <laughs> what do you mean? I don't think they take Leave that big of a takes that big of a step back. I just, I just don't see it. Devin Booker, Chris Paul just passed eleven thousand assists in his career. Um, DeAndre Ayton coming back, he's there. I, I just don't see them taking that step. All right, Caleb, how about you? Yeah, it's going to be no deal for me, too. Can you not bring that Trey back Young, up again? I know Trey Young wouldn't lose to Damian Lee. <laughs> not, <laughs> not again. That. Not again. <laughs> That's all I know. That's <laughs> a different debate for a different day. Yeah, However, story for a different day. Because that would extend the episode far longer than we need to. But um, it's no deal for me. I think the, this next week is going to really prove like where teams are going to rise, where teams are going to fall. I think San Antonio is going to fall. I think Utah is going to fall. I think Portland's even going to fall. But, that, but look at the Timberwolves, the Nuggets, the Mavericks. That's what I'm saying. I think Phoenix is going to rise. Golden State, Clippers. I can't believe I'm saying this. New Orleans and possibly Denver and Dallas. I think Dallas just needs to have – they've only played two games. I think they're just – it's just the way their schedule went out. But, um, yeah, I, Lakers are just questionable. Timberwolves are questionable. We taking no deal? Yeah. All right, Shane. Yeah, I mean, for sure, no deal. Honestly, just I, I agree with everything you guys said, and also just the fact I think that Devin Booker and Chris Paul are just too good for that. Um, and they don't have, like, they have two really good players, but it's not like the Lakers where it's a bunch of them and, they're, and it's chaotic. It's they know that they are the two center points of that team, and if they stay healthy, then this, I, I don't want to say the sky's the limit for this team, but I mean, they're going to be one of the best teams in this league. All right, would it be fair to say maybe finish as a 7-8? Or is that still too I think, far? I think 6 at the very lowest. Because I think also we, we didn't talk we talked about Booker and Aiton a lot, but we haven't talked about Mikhail Bridges. I think Mikhail Bridges is one of the best defenders in the NBA, a guy who can easily get defensive player of the year. Um, really, this is almost like a run-it-back team just without Jay Crowder. Um, yeah. Cam Johnson is now the, uh, the starting three. So he's putting in work too. He is. Yeah. He looks fantastic. But so this really is the same team for the most part. But the West has gotten better. That's that's just really the main problem. With the I would say there are three, four to be honest. Yeah, I was gonna say four to six. I, I like I like the Clippers. I like the Warriors a little better. I, the Clippers are. I don't know if we talked about this at all, but my the Clippers I think are my dark horse NBA uh, finals that, champs. Yes, that's what uh, I he said. He says the Pelicans. No, I didn't hey, say that. Bad. I didn't bad. say NBA but, finals champs. I didn't say that. I, I said okay. That's no time. I think the, I think the Suns are three to five. Pelicans. Three to five. Okay. All right. Ended here. OU Player and Game of the Week. Player of the Week. Going to have to go with Regan Berg. Uh, two goals and two assists over the past weekend. And then we talked a lot about uh, controlling your own destiny. OU Game of the Week. Soccer versus Akron to seal the MAC playoffs. Great games for the women's soccer team coming up. All right. That was Dariah Sefna. The one and only Caleb McCleskey. Shane Scalfaro. Thank you to Aiden Crowley for being on the show. Aiden, hope you enjoyed your time. And I'm your host, Alex McCalick. Taylor Burnett is our technical assistant, and Caleb is now our editor for Sportsbeat. You can catch us on Thursdays at 9 on WB 1340 AM, online at wb.org, Spotify, or SoundCloud. Thank you all for listening. This has been Sportsbeat.